He Shoots, He Draws is sponsored by the Westcott Rapid Box Switch in association with JP Distribution. Isn't it time you made the switch? Do it today at www.fjwestcott.com backslash switch. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hi, and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws. Now, if you're a first-time listener, thanks for joining us, and uh, if you're a regular listener, thanks for sticking with us. But uh, I'm here again. I'm Dave Clayton. I'm a graphic designer. I'm the He Draws of the He Shoots, He Draws, and my fellow co-host, Glyn Dewis, the photographer, is also with me. Hello, Glyn. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Cool. It's always good to be back doing these intros. They go so, <laughs> these weeks go so quick. I know. We've got to, we've got to be careful not to record too many in advance, because it means we don't get to chat, so... Yeah, I know. I know. We were talking about this last night, weren't we? Saying about um, it's really good. We've had so many good guests, uh, you know, up to now. So if you look at the back catalogue, if you go to our website, he shoots, he draws dot com, you'll see all the episodes we've done, and we're going to start previewing some of the people we've got coming up, so you know who to look out for. Um, so we've got two. I think we've got two or three lined up already, haven't we? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we, we were saying it's we, we enjoy doing this so much that we actually don't like the gaps in between, <laughs> but we don't want to like do too many in one go. So um, so this week we've got a another very special guest who uh, we appreciate his time that he gave us, um, and this is someone that I knew but Glyn didn't. So Glyn's been editing it and listening to it at the same time. So I'm just going to throw it over to Glyn just to get some thoughts from him of what he thought of it. Yeah, the guy, the guy that you uh, you did the chat yourself with this folk because he's a designer guy called Lenny Terenzi, and I'd never heard yeah. of him before. Um, and obviously, because we're a design and photography podcast, we try to cater for both. So, what I will say to folks listening now is, if you're hearing us say that this is a episode interviewing a guy involved in design, if you're not in design, do not switch off because this episode. It's not really about design, if I'm honest. Although he talks about it, you could very easily replace the word with whatever business you're involved in. Because what I love about this, and this is genuine now as I'm going through it, I actually think this is the most honest and best business uh, episode we've had. Because Lenny is incredibly open and honest about mistakes that he made and has made and is trying to correct within his business. And we need more people like Lenny in in all of our industries because otherwise otherwise and we've probably both felt this Dave that you can look online at social media which gets mentioned a lot on this podcast you can Absolutely, look at social yeah. media and you can look at yourself and see what everybody else is doing you think why is it only me that's going through all this crap why can't I seem to get things going well Lenny is totally honest about that and we need more people like that so that we don't feel it's only us experiencing it yeah and and that's the thing we've said with social media is is we've kind of we kind of use it as a benchmark for success and that is we we put everything out there we put on our work and everything and we try and the danger is you portray this perfect life mm. and you know there, there was a funny sketch once a little while ago um a guy called tim lovejoy did and it was a group of people in a pub and they sat around the table and they're all looking miserable and they're all t- like moaning about their job and their life and then one of them says oh anyway I better go now. And they said, should we just um, should we just do a social media picture before we go? And they go, yeah, okay then. So they get the camera out and all of a sudden they're all like holding pints up and going way and pulling funny faces. And then as soon as they got all the pictures, they'll go back and they're all miserable and they walk out the pub all moaning. And 
this is the thing. We look online and we see, oh, this guy's doing brilliantly. Oh, this guy's got this job. But you're only seeing small small snippets of that. Yeah, yeah. and there's that kind of old saying, isn't it, of fake it till you make it, which I kind yeah. of guess is all about the positive mental attitude and, and kind of thinking that you've got there before you have. And that's all well and good. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against that. However, we do also need to hear the trials and tribulations, the mistakes. We need to hear that. Because otherwise, nobody's going nobody's to move on. Everyone's going to think that they're the ones who are making the mistakes and it's okay for you because, oh, wow, look how everything is. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but listen, well, we're kind of building this one up way too much. We need to kind of just get on with it now, don't we? So yeah. rather than me introducing it in the traditional way, Dave, I think seeing as you spoke to Lenny and you know Lenny, I think it's only right I should hand the introduction over to you. Oh, the, the power, the torch <laughs> being handed over. Well, let's, let's start this episode off then. So uh, Lenny Terenzi. Who are you? Lenny Terenzi, who am I? I am a 45-year-old designer, illustrator, screen printer, educator, speaker, community builder, dot, 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 add something else. (laughs) (laughs) Add something else on there based out of of Durham, North Carolina, in the the US of A. Lovely. And we first met at, um, we actually first met at Creative South. We did, yeah, in person, yes. Yeah, and... But I actually first came across your name in a brochure at Astute Graphics because I just started to like get into that Creative South community and start identifying who designers were. And your right. name your name came up. And it was just one of those I like to think like a serendipitous moment where you meet when you see a name with some people and you're like, Who's this guy? Right. So you go online, you find out who it is, and then all those pieces start to come together. So obviously you've got Hey Monkey Design, which if you yep. want to just explain to our listeners how that came about. I mean, I obviously know the story, but it's lovely. Sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I am like a lot of creatives. I'm a designer of one. I'm a design shop of one. Uh, I ultimately, uh, I've been on my own now for 18 years, uh, working on my own for, for better or for worse. <laughs> um, and I just, I don't know. I never liked my name as like a business name, right? Some people yeah. just... Some people, you hear their name, it's like you have a name like, you know, uh, Johnny Spade Design, and it's like, well, that's badass. Um, And I don't know, you just get so used to your name. I was like, I wanted something I could sort of have fun branding and hang my hat on. Um, And I decided, you know, the thing I'm the most proud of ever in my life is my daughter. Uh, And the first two words I ever said to her in her life when she was born was, hey, monkey. Uh, And it just kind of hit me as I was thinking of a name for the business. I was like, well, that sounds fun. Like, that's, you know... It's just a fun thing, and then I got a mascot I could design. You know, it was it was all about just kind of having fun with it, uh, and that's where Hey Monkey was born. But it's essentially a, a design shop of one. And that was the Hey Monkey started two thousand and eight, didn't it? So they've been doing it eighteen years. That was when Hey Monkey was born. Yep, that was the official naming of it. I and then I had been on my own, like under my under my name, uh, since two thousand to about two thousand two thousand one. Okay, so what was life before Hey Monkey? Life before Hey Monkey was uh, I had a corporate design job at a company here in North Carolina called SAS, which uh, at the time was the world's largest privately held software company. I don't know if they still maintain that title or not, uh, but they're still here. Uh, there was a, a great company uh, with amazing, you know, just benefits. And they, they, they kind of defined a culture before it was a thing, right? Now it's a thing. What's your company's yeah. culture, right? It's almost used in place of salary. Like, I'll take less money because the culture is great. Um, this company had that before it was a thing. 
they had you know they have daycares and cafeterias and car washes and on-site medical and all the things and uh, I was a designer there from 94 until 2001 early 2001 so is that what you majored at school? Were you like a born... Because I get asked this, is why did you choose graphic design? And I said, I don't think I chose it. Eventually, it chose me. But back in the day, like I'm I'm older than you, but right. we, we remember designing without computers. Absolutely, so, yeah. Uh, and when photographers talk about, you know, I always shoot film, I used to shoot film, and you know, now it's all digital. And I'm like, yeah, but you still had a camera. Right. <laughs> Whereas when we designed, we, you know, cut and paste with scissors and a print stick, you know, scissors and glue and yep. and cutting things out of magazines. Uh, I, Well, you saw my talk at Photoshop World, the thing about yes. when I was growing up, I wanted to be a kidnapper. And that was because I used to love cutting out the letters and creating the <laughs> ransom notes. And right. <laughs> because that's what I remember as a child. So when computers came along, it, it was kind of, okay, this this thing can facilitate something that I've got in me that I want to do. But I chose marketing. I, I ended up in marketing because that was kind of where the jobs were for, for designing. Whereas you... Did you start as a graphic designer, become a screen printer, or had you done screen printing for a long time? No. So I started, right? So like you said, yeah, you're older than me, but we're absolutely the same generation still. So like I do, I do remember all that. Um, I was always the kid who drew Disney characters, comic books, and all that. You know, I was definitely the drawing kid Um, and always wanted to be a Disney animator when I was little. Um, And just... I used to say I wasn't good enough, and that's why I didn't do it. Now, you know, wisdom, right? Hindsight yeah. twenty twenty. I just didn't practice enough and really dedicate myself to that goal. I could have done it. Um, but in my junior year of high school, uh, I was, you know, wrapping up high school, and I was looking for, honestly, as we tend to do as as young kids, what are the easy A classes, right? Yeah. What are the What are the woodworkings? What are the you know, stuff like that. And that is not to demean those professions anything. But as a kid, you look at that and go, well, I could do that. Um, and one of them was, um, it was called Introduction to Graphic Arts. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that's arts. That sounds interesting. I'd taken commercial art classes in my school. I was at a magnet school, uh, which means it's a school that's focused on like arts or writing or things like that so i was at a high school that focused on the arts we had a full tv station everything um so i saw this and thought it was interesting and walked in and when i walked in it was in the basement of the school and it was a massive basically printing studio like had four color offset presses yeah you know full scanner cameras right because we didn't have scanners so much as readily available there were scanners but they were not like you can run to target now and get a scanner yeah. um but you know they had the big cameras for you to shoot the the stuff like that old school photography you know um developing so i developed film and all that of the pieces i shot so i've done that even um but they had a little beige box sitting on a desk and it was a macintosh yeah uh, and i was like well this thing is cool um, so I definitely did the the cut and paste and everything, but I was able to, I just was after literal cut and paste and I was able to print all the letters and the, the text out on the Mac, but then I still cut and paste from there, right? They didn't have the, they didn't have the layout tools yet, but you could at least make the copy. Um, but from there, you know, we had to do the photos like we did, take an actual photograph, develop it, paste it in, um, and, you know, this easy a class that I took to actually not care about it, I just 
like was over the moon. Like I fell in love. I was in that studio all the time. Um, the teacher for it, Peggy DeBrule, I still remember her. She's like, you always like see kids and people who always talk about that story of that one teacher. And I always used to sit back and go, I couldn't stand any of my teachers. But then I, you know, I think about it, it's like, first, that wasn't true. I liked a lot of my teachers, but like, she was the one, she's the one where I say it was that teacher. Yeah. Um, and she was just, just so great and into it and supportive and nurturing. And she was like right at the forefront of technology, right. You know, of, of, and realizing that it was going to transition. Um, and so I was just fascinated. And, and I think that really sort of started my, you know, my journey. I did junior and senior year in that class. Um, took a little break and moved to Italy with my parents. So I lived in Rome for a while. My parents were there setting up some, I, uh, some yeah, some IBM divisions. My dad works for, worked for IBM, uh, my stepdad. And uh, when I came back, uh, I wanted to move back, which was stupid. But then again, I was a kid and I just wanted to come back and party with my friends. Yeah. Instead of having a free ride in Europe for two years <laughs> that I would kill for now, right? Yeah, like every American Ugh. wants to do now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get, I, you, I pay people to get out of my own country right now, <laughs> at least for the next two years. Um, but we, we had, you know, I had that. But, you know, I wanted to come home and my, my parents were like, fine, you can go home. You can move back into our house, but you have to go to school or get a job, something that will, you know, move you forward, not just yeah. a, not just a McDonald's job or something like that. Yeah. And um, so I did actually, even though I say I'm self-taught, I did go to a small trade school here that kind of gave me some of the fundamentals of layout and design. You know, the Macintosh, now we're talking like 93, 94. So just in yep. those small few years, we had Photoshop came out and uh, Aldis. I don't know if you remember the Aldis company. Had like yeah, I Photo remember Styler. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, learned, I learned on Photo Styler before Photoshop. Um. So all this photo styler and all that. And uh, it didn't teach me design so much as it taught me the tools. Um, I was definitely blessed enough to have a creative eye and sort of I could tell what layout was and typography. And I knew if it looked good or not. Um, and so that kind of started my journey of, of transitioning into design. And uh, it was a very long answer to your question. But no, then, no, you know, that's I, good. That's good. I, that's I think there's want. some good history there to know that I really was like, just probably a hair after you. So I did paste up, but I still was aided by the computer. And then right at the forefront, the transition into what they call desktop publishing, which is now graphic design. That's exactly where I started. So when I was at school, I did art and technical drawing. I didn't want to do woodwork. I didn't want to do metal work. Uh, I had to pick two, uh, well, three actually. So I did art, technical drawing and cookery because that's where all the girls were. They weren't they, yes. they weren't in metal work or woodwork. Nope. <laughs> they were in the cookery class. So um and I found like technical 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 drawing especially was the precision um and the third angle and first angle projection and breaking things apart and looking at how like, how you redesign it. So that with art, I had two teachers, you're right, Mrs. Reeves, Mr. Shinwell, they're the two that taught me everything, like gave me the foundation. But obviously this yeah. was you know, I left school in nineteen eighty two. So, mm -hmm. I, and I went straight to work with my dad as an engineering company, did that for nine years. When I left him, I joined a print company called Addressograph Multigraph, and they had print machines. And that was where I first saw my first Macintosh. And yeah. the guy had it on the desk. And the only thing I remember him doing with it is he used to play, um, uh, what's the hockey table? Air hockey. Oh, air hockey. <laughs> there was this air hockey game with a witch. The witch was at the, like, the other end of the table, and you played this air hockey game. But... 
I got introduced to Quark Express. Yes, and, yes. And desktop publishing suddenly was, wow, I can do, because I always wanted to make the return forms or the warranty forms, or I was fascinated yes. by this yes. stuff being made. So like, what do you mean? I can make that. So got Quark Express, and obviously, like you say, you learn something, then you're getting like Aldous, you're getting Serif. Um, yep all these bits of software off the front of magazines. But you like beg, steal and borrowed because like say Photoshop wasn't out then and Macromedia tools weren't really out then. Nope. So I, I love that I had that little journey where it's like today, it's like out of the box, Creative Cloud, it's it's everything's there. It's like Aladdin's yeah. cave of design tools. It is. But I still it- love, you know, my library is most like 50% about design before computers. Right. Because it's that's what fascinates me, and like now, you know, looking at your website, you've got your banner, but you've got a halftone effect in the background, and we're creating like Dustin Lee, you know, he's making living off retro supply because we're going back and making making new stuff based on old stuff. It's that tactileness, right? Like we we remember, like and you know, and and to tie this in because you you did mention you know about screen printing as well. So you know, I never did screen print before I did now, but I remember printing right? I remember still the process and the process isn't all that different from offset printing to screen printing. You know, you take photos, burn plates, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah back then. So, so, you know, I remember doing it. I remember the smell of the ink. I love, oh my God, the printing ink smell. Yeah. Ugh. I can literally saying it. I can, I literally can smell it right now. Um, and so, you know, remembering, remembering that when I, uh, when I just felt like I wanted to change, sort of went through my midlife crisis that was like, I just want to print again. Like I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but make something with it again. And that was sort of my roundabout reintroduction into printing and that tactileness and feeling paper. So even in my digital work, and you mentioned Dustin Lee, I think it, it's for like our generation and even a little bit younger, like the younger generation were their parents. So they hear yeah. us talk about it. They've never known anything different. So they're fascinated by things like halftones and paper and stuff like that. So, right, we, we've got the, we're the wise old We'd like to think we're the wise old, you know, people. And then the young people are like, well, this is interesting and cool. (laughs) (laughs) But that's been the really nice thing for me, even though, uh, you know, despite my age, the fact that in my job, you know, I've gone from being a graphic designer for 20 plus years in in and out of marketing and, and bits and pieces on the side and learning is my job is now to find and look at designers, find out what they're creating today, how they're creating it. And, it, and the thing that stood out the most was, as I started to get into it, is the resurgence of screen printing, the resurgence of tactile design. It's not, you know, it went through that phase of everything was on a website and, and everything was designed in pixels. But I love the fact now that all these designers that we know that we've met at Creative South um, and other events, that a lot of this is all tactile. It's patches, pins, T-shirts, posters we've gone absolutely we've we've gone back to the physical form again which i absolutely love because that's the only way to appreciate good craftsmanship yeah especially is to actually make it to make the thing to make it yeah and you were i saw on the website you said you've had how many people have come through your workshop now because you actually Um, run workshops don't you i do i so that's that's a a big thing for me and we'll definitely get into into that uh later is is teaching because i i learned a lot of this uh, later in life, like almost at 40 years old, I'm 45 now. So it hasn't been an incredibly long time. Um, so the whole old dog, new tricks, right? I was like, well, so you can number one, do that. You can teach an old dog, new tricks. Um, so I want to teach other old dogs, 
uh, and young dogs, <laughs> young pups, like the tricks, right? I want to, yeah. I want to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm averaging, I could go back and look definitely for the exact numbers, but I'm definitely around 400 to 450 people have come through my shop, um, to learn screen printing, printing techniques, uh, some design, just something creative, yeah. uh, to be taught something creative, um, and that's just crazy for me when I think about like that. Um, yeah, because you said a lot of people have come through have actually gone on to start a business or they or, have or got Some jobs have. from it, which is yeah. great. But going back to the t- you know teaching old dogs new tricks, I said I was liking the design industry to music in that you know when we when we have something and we want to learn, where do we go first? They go and learn Clapton and Keith Richards and. Yep. You know, they go back, way back. They, it's very rare that it's, you know, on a play guitar, it's a newer person because that newer person still learned from an older person. Absolutely. But it's still, you know, the masters, you know. Yep. Are we the generation of the masters, Lenny? <laughs> oh, we absolutely are. Hex, so, some of them are still alive. I don't know how. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about Creative South later, but the thing, one of the things I wanted to kind of build towards is on the. 19th of june you posted uh, a blog post on medium yes which a lot of you know the community kind of you have to read this and mm-hmm. and i sat and read it you know and i got to meet you at creative south and i've only known you a short amount of time but that was a really powerful blog post and quite a, an honest and open uh message from someone because the the thing i say to people is like when they say to me, oh, you're really lucky, you get to travel, you get to do this, you're always doing stuff. And I say, but that's just clever marketing. You know, that's letting people see that I'm active in my industry doing things. But what yes. they don't realize is behind that marketing is a person with a family, with bills, with a business, with overheads. And, you know, you start the blog post off with like the uh, aircon went down and then the lighting went down and then you start yeah. to talk about it. So can you just without me having to like read the whole message out can you kind of sure say where that came why you felt that day i need to get this off my chest so you know i've been on my own for 18 years of uh, 15 14 and a half of those i worked out of home offices like literally where where i'm sitting right now whatever house apartment i lived in right so there there's there's no overhead with that you you have to pay for your for where you live right so there's no overhead um and, but when I decided to start screen printing and I wanted to teach and I wanted to do that stuff, I had to get a studio. I had to get the space to do that properly. Um, you know, so I took on things like overhead and, and you know, a lot of extra things. Um, and, and being the type of person I am who is I am absolutely a dreamer, uh, sometimes to great effect and sometimes absolutely to my detriment. Um, a lot of times I blow past the things you probably shouldn't blow past to get to the goal. Yeah. Um, and some of those things are those unfun details that us designers like to say aren't like, you know, the fun stuff, right? The business stuff, the numbers, the math, yeah. you know, black. Let me just go make the pictures, <laughs> right? But sometimes you can whiz by that and it works and sometimes it doesn't and it bites you in the ass a little bit. Um, so, you know, I've been doing this studio for a few years and I think um, – I think I've been very successful with it and I just as much have been unsuccessful with it. Right. And I think there's ways to define that success. I have been uh, successful in community 
uh, in friendships and relationships in in personal growth in talent growth mm. beyond anything I could have ever imagined. I have grown more in three years than in the last 25 I've been doing it professionally. Yeah, I'll get that. Absolutely. By far. Um, wouldn't trade that for the world um, and wouldn't trade it for what is essentially like financial right now, almost ruin. And that's what I was sort of talking about. Like, you know, just I'm not a business person. Like mm. I'm not like I'm not that person. And not being that person, I would tend to uh, I would tend to put that stuff under the under the rug. Right. Yeah. And and ignore some things that I shouldn't have ignored and, you know, not look at the numbers the right way and just things like that. And uh, it makes it tough to run a business like that. And I recognize that now and I'm trying to work on things to fix that. But I think it just over a couple years of just working so hard to get the place built. But also, like you said, I have bills and a family and, you know, and I have people who are supporting me. My wife, Kristen, has been amazing and, you know, she makes a good living and everything. But and she's given me the freedom to explore and I, you know, there's no um, masculinity about this. Like she's a ten times more intelligent person than I'll ever be. She should and always will probably make more money than I am. Like there's nothing. I don't feel I have to be the breadwinner. None of that. I, bullshit, right? This is a my wife is an incredibly intelligent. She's a doctor, um, but I, sh- I want to do my part for me, for my daughter, for her, for our household, for our life, and be able to contribute. And it was just, I think, this perfect storm of. Just yeah, at times it happens, not a lot of work coming in and realizing my marketing and messaging was all over the map, right? Because I'm sort of in that, I was sort of in that mode of like, got to try to get work, got to try to do this, got to try to get yeah. that. So I'm grabbing at everything. And I didn't have that unified messaging. And just one night I was like, I need help. Like I have to full break stop, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to stop. Like everybody's like, keep going, you keep going. And sometimes you have to, sometimes the best way to keep going is to just stop. Yeah, because people go, yeah, I'll push through it, push through it. But you can't always push through it because, like you say, all you're doing is you're still putting your fingers in your ears and going, la, 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 and yeah, just exactly. focusing on one thing. But it's still all there. It's still all there behind you. Still all there. And a lot of those things will not go away until you tackle them. Uh, you know, things like, oh, taxes, you know, stuff like that. You know, all those kind of things, you know, keep coming and get you. And I finally just had to do a full stop. And um, I went, drove to my studio one morning. And on the way there, I was just distraught, you know, mm. back and forth, even between tears and everything. Just like, what the hell's going on? I'm 45. You know, just that whole, you know, we all have those moments in life. And I got to the studio and I probably spent an hour there and I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Um, and I left the studio and went home and, and spent six hours and wrote that post as it was a cry for help. Like, no doubt. Like, I need to go ahead and open up and let everyone else in because uh, one of the things I'm so blessed and, and lucky about is I've a lot of people like I like to help a lot of people. I'm a big community person. A lot of people come to me for help. And I am one thing I am good at. I'm great at giving other people advice that d- makes them do well. And for some reason, I'm not doing it for myself, <laughs> but I'm doing it for other people, which means I know I can do it for myself. Um, so I said, you know what? I've I've gotten a lot from my community and I've given a lot. Yeah. And and one of the things I think that that people need to realize is it's OK to ask for things. Absolutely. Right. It's okay to ask for things. You, you, if you give, it's okay to get and ask and be selfish. Be selfish. We have this this thing of not being selfish, and the, you know, selfish is a bad word. Um, doesn't have to be. You know, 
it, it, it doesn't have to be. So I, I just wanted to put that out there to the to the to the World Wide Web to go back to an old term, <laughs> um, and just say, here's where I'm at. I need opinions and help. Um, and so that really was the gist of it. Was like, here's where I think I've gone wrong. Here's what I think I need to do. Am I right? Am I wrong? Can you can you can you expand on this for me? Can you know just like asking people, um, and then just sat back and said, "Let's see what happens." Um, and what was good as well is obviously I knew you, and as as I read through it, and I've read it a couple of times because it resonates in so many different ways, different parts of it. The fact that there were still a lot of people who shared it to people who wouldn't know who you are. So rather than going, "Oh hi guys, Lenny here. Look, I'm having a tough week." Um, if you could if you could help me out that'd be really cool i think what was good that you did is you broke it down into kind of different areas of okay i've done this bit over here right and i've got this support here but these are the things i've done wrong but these are things i'm really good at and these are my strengths and actually i know i've kind of screwed this bit up here and i need i need to work on it but if you hire me or if if you you know if, if you see who i am and what i can do you'll be surprised what you get which is the you know you over deliver, um, right? But the fact that you had, you know, you, you had the I guess the bravery or to come out and say it. It was so good seeing the remarks from the community from friends. Is it wasn't like a, a you okay, hun? You know, like the Facebook generation oh, of you know heart yeah. two hearts and worship hands. It was just, <laughs> yeah. It's you know like and you know you would have had lots of private messages. Oh, um, I did. I had. I mean, like things blew up like instant messages phone calls emails like blew up yeah which is one of the things you kind of hope to come from it was you just needed that little bit of um like you say it's not it's not pity it's just you want to hear another voice because you get sucked yeah. into your own world your own kind of oh damn oh damn oh damn and then you get people go okay and i love that i mean if anybody comes to me i you know i'll I'll give anything I can physically give without yes. it affecting my, you know, my family. Yes. But advice or help or, or anything, I think, like you say, we give it. And we have the Britishness on top. We're too polite to ask. I know, right? <laughs> so it's kind of, you know. Maybe, I'm, maybe inside I'm a Brit because, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I definitely. <laughs> and even if someone offers it, you're, you're kind of, oh, no, it's okay. I'd say don't trouble yourself. And then you're sh like, oh, shit, I should have perhaps taken that one. Oh, but, that's absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But so it so within that process, obviously one of the things you spoke about was uh you were talking about you know, your messaging, who you are and what you're like you've drawn a line in the sand. And from this point forward, this is me and this is who I'm going to do. And the website was one of those things that you'd worked on which you've just gone live with. So yes. what did what did you learn from that process from from that post to where we are today? What are a couple of really important things you've learned at 45 years old that makes you sit here today feeling better about, better than you did on the 19th of June? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've always wrestled with, I've always been a jack of all trades, right? I've, I feel lucky enough to be really good at a few things and pretty damn good at the rest of the things. There's not a lot of things that I'm bad at. And I, I don't say that with ego or anything like there's things I'm not good at and I just don't do them because I'm not, that's when you hire other people to do it. Exactly. But like the things I'm good at, I'm, I'm good at, like I'm good at branding. I'm good at illustration. I'm good at teaching. I'm good at, um, you know, those things. 
Um, so I have a lot of them and, you know, I, I definitely, and I, I'm still learning. So I've still had a lot of people say, well, you just need to just say, you just want to do branding or you just want to do illustration or you just, and I'm like, you might be right. And again, I'm stubborn. So I still have some growth to do in that, but I still think that like, there's a, there's a, um, something to be said for like, I'm good at these things that can all be in service of each other. And that's where I started to think about, okay, so in service of each other, right? What do I really love doing? I love working with good brands, right? And good brands doesn't mean brands that are already existing and designed well, but just a cool brand, an idea, right? Somebody who's excited about their whatever their venture is. That's a good brand. It doesn't a good brand doesn't mean the the prettiness on top. It means the core value. Yeah, right? who they are and what they stand exactly. for. Exactly. Um, and I love that. Like, that's what I love. When I do screen printing, like when I'm printing shirts and stuff for people, man, I'll rip through a hundred shirts with, you know, with a great logo on it. And and if I've got to do like the Cub Scout shirts, it's like, I'll do them. But ugh. <laughs> no offense, no offense to the Cub Scout leaders. You guys aren't designers. That's okay. Um, or, or, the, or your cousin's wedding invites. <laughs> exactly. I love you, but Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I started realizing it was like, okay, so, so brand, right? That's. That's what I love. So there, there's that's the top, right? It all has to start with that, which we know as an industry, you have that's the foundation of the house is the branding, right? So it's like so branding. Well, I love illustration, right? And that's storytelling. And what is brand? It's your story, right? So you have this branding. So I want to take this mark, this company, this brand, and help tell a story, right? And that can be just the branding itself, and you go on. But then there's the Ill- illustrative aspect to it of, you know. Which is also part of the branding because you're custom illustrating the brand sometimes, but you make make brand elements or characters if needed and go from there, right? So then from there, it's like, well, okay, I have taught myself to screen print and I have the ability to make this stuff, right? These t-shirts and posters and things. Um, I saw a recent talk from from the great Paula Shear. Oh, yeah. Um, she, she came to Raleigh. Oh, she, she came to Raleigh, yeah. She did. And she calls that stuff, she goes, she calls it the crapola, the T-shirts, the posters, you know, all that stuff, all the crap we make, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, I I, can, I have the ability to make that. Um, There's demand need, for it. That, exactly, that's the thing but, is. Yeah, but in service of the brand, right? So what was happening was I was becoming a commercial printer. Everybody and anybody was coming to me just to make stuff and throw this thing on the shirt and – I wasn't being uh, viewed and advised as, as somebody who is highly skilled in branding and illustration and design. You know, I'm good yeah. at what I do. And I was being uh, viewed as a production worker. Again, you know, I always preface this a lot. There's nothing wrong with that. They make the world go round. And I am one of those too. As as designers, we're also production workers. But you're not a fulfillment service. That's You know, you don't exactly. want to be that job comes in. And you process it and it goes out. You, your goes design out. elements gone, your branding expertise, everything you've learned up to now isn't part of that process, right. which everything, can kill you. And, and it started to both um, mentally, but also uh, financially, right? Because what's happening is, is if I'm, if I'm taking the time to print shirts, say two hours, right? Takes me to print, however, a couple hundred shirts. I can hire people to do that for $15 an hour, a good press operator, that's a good amount of money, right? I'm a $200 an hour skilled worker. So if I'm printing shirts for two hours or one hour, let's just do it to make the math easy because I'm a designer and that's me. I didn't just make money on that job. I just lost $185 because I'm $200 an hour doing a $15 an hour job. 
right? That doesn't mean I don't enjoy printing shirts and it's not part of the process, but when I'm printing a shirt, I can't do anything else. I can't check email. I can't multitask, which multitasking is kind of a farce anyway, but I can't do anything else. If I'm at the computer, I can fire off a quick chat. I can answer a call if I need to. Like you can fit those other little things in to move your business forward. Um, So not only was I not growing my business, but I wasn't growing myself and I wasn't growing financially at all because I was just, you know, the screen printing is a race to the bottom. I want my shirts cheap. I want them quick. I want them, and I get it, right? Because so do I when I want things. We all do. Thanks, Amazon. You've trained us to want things immediately. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and and so I wanted, to, again, to turn that back into a service of the brand. Will I still print 100 T-shirts for people who need it? Probably. Like, you know, it's still money coming in the door, and if I've got the time, I'll do it. But I'm not, that's not my focus anymore. I want somebody to come to me and say, hey – Let's talk about the type of shirt. Let's talk about the actual art that goes on it. Let's talk exactly, about the colors. Yeah. Let's, right? Let's talk about the craft. And so that w- was me sort of realizing like how I can still do this but elevate myself hopefully to more of an artisan printer in service of your brand. So I want someone to come to me and we create the brand. We work with the messaging. But then we create some illustrations for it and we tell the story in whatever medium that is. And then from there – we make some shirts or some posters or send it off and make some buttons and we do the, the crapola. Yeah. You know, as 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 the wonderful Miss Shear said. <laughs> we make all that fun stuff for it, but it's in service of the brand. Yeah, it should be um a product of a, yes. a, a byproduct of of the initial part. Because like you say, you if you're two hundred dollar an hour designer and I I know when people like devalue the work that designers do and it's it's that it's like that in the creative industry but like you say you'd rather be doing a $200 design job that will end up on a t-shirt than the cheap you know do me 100 t-shirts and you're saying you're you're losing money and you're kind of crushing your soul as well at the same time because it's been not as much satisfaction as if it had been a t-shirt that you held up with your design on you know going oh can't wait to see my Absolutely. Right. That's absolutely it. And it's it it sort of comes into also right with with design. Yes, there is my time. Right. And it's valuable, but there's no true hard cost. So if I bill a five thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar branding job, I've pretty much put five or ten thousand dollars in my bank account. There's some hard costs. You might buy some typefaces or 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 hey, here we go. Or astute graphics plugins to help with the uh, (laughs) that's uh, astutegraphics.com. Extragraphics.com, the, the premier uh, Adobe <laughs> Illustrator. But but that's the truth. Like I literally have just bought like a bunch of ones I didn't have. But right, so you have those costs, but those aren't one time costs. Like I will use those astute graphics plugins and retro supply textures and type yeah, yeah. for years to come. The t shirt is bought and it's out the door and it's a hard cost and it's gone. Right? So, you know, there there's there, there's more money to be made um that way. Uh, so when you do it in service of a brand, so if I get a branding project, that's 10 grand. And within that 10 grand, I, we have $500 that are t-shirts, right? And that's worked into the cost because we're doing the whole branding campaign. It's a whole different ballgame. Now it's in service of the brand. I've made the money I need to make to survive, to grow as a designer, to help grow their brand. I'm not worried about the t-shirts only making me $300 in the end because I've made $7,000 on the rest of the project, right? And you know, it, it is about money. It has to be about money. We have to survive. We have to invest. We have to do that stuff, right? Anybody says it's not about money and it's about art, bullshit. That's what graphic design is, is it's <laughs> art with intent. It's yes. art meets commerce. It has to be. 
And the thing I love that I uh, I mentioned it once to someone about Aaron Draplin, and uh, and I only discovered Aaron about three years ago, so I've only kind of got to know him over the last three years. And what fascinated me, and the same with you, because you're I saw your merch stand at uh, Crepe South, and and I was like, oh, I want to buy all those t-shirts. So I want to buy them rags, and I don't even need them, <laughs> right? <laughs> because, yeah. But that's the thing is you make that merchandise. And I said, what what's great about what's really interesting about this community is that, like, I think you, I think I remember you saying when you first started out, Von Glitschger did your first logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so we use other designers, but you've got all these designers walking around in DDC hats or you've got, um, I don't know, like so- someone at Creative South is walking around in a Hey Monkey t-shirt. I love that, that the community will wear... Blows my mind. <laughs> ...will wear other designers' brand... Yes. ...as opposed to their own brand. And that it that, that fascinated me that that you would wear... Kind of, it's not your competitor because... But it's a competitive industry. But I, mm-hmm. I just... It just fascinated me that a certain brand, like merchandise, is so strong now uh, because it goes back to the whole tactile stuff. Is we will wear merchandise from our fellow designers as a kind yep. of way of supporting them. Oh, great T-shirt! Oh, yeah, that's my buddy Lenny. He's you should go online and check out his other stuff. Absolutely. And merchandise now is you know I mean I've spoken to Dustin about um, passive income. Uh, yes. You know the fact that what he sells, but also merchandise now is you go to Adobe Max, you go to Creative South, you go to all these events, and there's a lot, of, a lot more merchandise. P- pins have come back, button oh, badges. Yeah. You know, it, it's great that we've got all this stuff, and it's good that you can build that into your business. So you know, you get the branding jobs, you get the printing jobs, but you're also making your own merch and selling your own merch, which well, and and it's empowering too, right? Because yeah. you know, for me as a printer. Like it's cheap. Like I, you know, I get a a great profit margin when I sell shirts because I printed it and yeah. and I and I you know and I bought it, which means you know the t shirt that you know I might sell for twenty five, you know, in full transparency, cost me three dollars and fifty cents to buy the shirt. Yeah. Right. But one hundred eighty five dollars to print. <laughs> but one hundred eighty five dollars, right? But you know, in that regard, when it's mine, yeah, right, then I can I can justify spending the time to print it myself, but. The twenty five dollars, even though the shirt cost three fifty, well, I did the design on it, and that cost me twenty five years. Yeah, exactly. Right? The Draplin's always good at that. It's like, hey, I may charge twenty thousand dollars for a logo, and I could finish in in three hours. Took me a long time to get yeah. the value for that, right? So it's still worth it. So you know, you know, that hourly rate versus project rate, you know, all that value is still there. Yeah, there's that Paula Show quote I shared the other day and I'm not going to be able to remember it off the top of my head, but it was something along the lines of um like the reason the reason I can do that design quick is because I've spent 25 years learning to to be quick, you know. It's like you yeah. say it's that the 30 40 years behind. Yeah, I can do it quickly because I've spent 25 years getting good enough to be able to do it quickly. But like yes. you say, because it's that instant world, everyone wants, you know, the one pound T-shirt, the the one. Everything's got really cheap and everything has to be really quick. Yep. And it's nice now that in certain communities, particularly in design, because that's that's my world, is I love seeing that kind of when you go to an event and there's a marketplace 
and those designers selling their wares behind the table and and like you know if one of your t-shirts leaves the door like you say 25 dollars order it goes in the bank it helps pay for the aircon it helps pay for bella's new camera it's yep. it's your sat it's your satisfaction of of when that when that paypal ding goes on your phone you know that ah, that's just something else i've i've just made money back on and it, and it's the support in the community like I love in the design community where we actually value higher priced items because yes. we know quite right. Like we'll actually be skeptical if something is too cheap. It's like that can't be made that well. And like we're looking for the people who are making it out of leather. Like you look at like Clark and, and Brittany at Hellcats, yeah. right? Like, you know, like you know, the quality they put in. And that's where I kind of always use the term hand pulled screen printing. You know that that's not to detriment our, our all our friends at other presses who have big automatic presses and stuff like that. But to me, it's that marketing thing of the shirt you wear. I physically put the ink on it with my hand. There's something to be said to that for me, and that could be a generational thing, somewhat, right? Because again, we're of the handcrafted generation where everything was pasted and put together by hand. And and our parents would be like, make do or mend. You know, you either put up with it broken or your your mum would like sew your socks. Yeah, sew the whole absolutely. Sew. And the thing you say about Hellcats was um, I actually met Clark by accident. I went in to see Nick at Mama Sauce when I was in Orlando once. And he came yeah. in and I got to meet him. And, and Nick said, oh, you got to meet Clark. He worked for Johnny Cupcakes. He's a really nice guy. And he was showing me some posters and stuff. And then I saw he did the Hellcats. And I was saying to someone, it's like weird. When you used to go in shopping, you'd be like, I want a poster for my living room. You'd spend like three dollars, but you you don't even think twice about dropping fifty dollars on a screen print because Not even. you know it's hand printed, it's original. There's the guy who made who made it standing in front of you, and like Clark's got this, and I'm going to get it off him when I see him at um, Adobe Max. Is he's got that um, Field Notes leather? Oh, cover. I love that thing. Yeah, and it's like eighty five dollars. I I didn't pick one up at Creative South, but like I can't wait to see him next because it would be now. That's not the kind of money I would think of dropping on something like that. But I yeah. know Clark made it. I know it supports him. I know I'm going to have something cool yeah. that you know you can't go spending that money all the time. But the start I've started buying screen prints, uh, but only from people I've met, or only people I know or people I've met. Yeah. Um, I can't go down that whole Mondo thing where no no me neither yeah that's i I listen to the the master of one podcast and the guys are like yeah this new one's just dropped at mondo and there's you know you you join the waiting queue and there's a lottery and it's i get why they do that because we're collectors and men are the worst you know my my office is full of full of tut as uh my mum used to call it (laughs) but we we love collecting we love that whole collecting thing so it kind of services that is i like that you know i've got some um I've just got some random screen prints from from people. I've got a couple from French paper that I picked up at Max that I love. They're going to go up in my office. I just love. I, I get them down. I just look at them and smell them and put them back because I've not yes. put them on the wall yet. But it's just that satisfaction of a product well made and and delivered. And you, you are you're not just buying something. You're investing in a friend. Yeah, that's exactly it. You, you're putting um, the money back in the industry that's giving me a job. Yes. Yep. And that ties all back into that medium post for me and, and, and my messaging and, and where I went wrong is um, I used to market myself as I do all these things. Now I market myself as, as I do all these things in service of one thing. 
right? So before my website, my Instagram and all that said, I do branding, come to me for branding. Then there was that whole little marketing thing. I do illustration, come to me for illustration. And I can do kids book illustration too, which is very wildly different from my design stuff. So that would be one thing. Oh, I also do screen printing. I can do shirts and posters, that thing. And I also do works, right? And so it's like, what the hell does he do, right? Everybody knows me. I, I feel so lucky to know so many people. Nobody actually knows what the hell I do. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's the same in photography. Glenn, Glenn says this is when he first started out, and a lot of photographers do this, and, and this will be a piece of advice for Bella as well, is don't put on your website that you do babies, weddings, corporate, headshots, school, kids, yeah. the maternity. Don't Because you'll specialise in nothing. And and Glenn lost a really big job because um, he put in for it. It was, a, uh, I think it was uh, Air Canada or someone like that. And um, they came back and said, the reason you didn't get it is because we don't actually know what you specialise in. You, you kind of say you do everything, but you had no one particular thing you did well. So he went away. He stripped out everything. Thought, okay, what do I love doing? I love doing this. And then I think like 18 months later, he, he went, another job came up. He went back. And it was for portraits. And they said, now we know what you do. Now we know mm -hmm. what you specialize in. We know that when we come to you and we're paying that rate, we know why you charge that rate. Yep. But if you're just doing weddings because you want to make a quick thousand bucks or two thousand bucks, or you're doing this because, oh, you know, everyone's having a baby, I'll do a baby. Specialize, hone it down. What are the things you love doing that make you money that are yep. good for your business? And strip all the crap away because there's loads of other people who do it cheap and it's work you don't need exactly and you can still do the like he can still do weddings and babies yeah and all that for fun or to grow and what what'll tend to happen so bet luckily uh, me learning this like bella already does that like she is bella terenzi portrait photographer that's yeah her, that's that's her niche but she's totally going to learn some product photography because she's interested in that and she's going to learn some brand photography right going into agencies and shooting them and stuff like that but when you go to her site She's a portrait photographer. But what's going to happen is all these people, they know good work. Like, you know, yeah, Glenn, obviously a great photographer. But somebody's going to come to him, see portrait work, need something else. But they're still going to be like, well, he's good. I'm going to ask him if he does this. Yeah. And that's still his in, right? He may say portrait photographer, but he could still totally rock out that brand photography or oh, that yeah. landscape photography, right? But that's going to be his in. That's his, that's his funnel, right? Exactly. So for yeah. me, the funnel is brand. Branding, yeah. storytelling. That's the funnel to all the other things I do. Yeah. Nah, that, and that's the thing that probably I get most enthusiastic about in in graphic design or in the design community is, is the, the, the branding, the aesthetics of it, what the thought that goes behind it. Now, one of the other things you, you touched on briefly was, um, and this is a thing I've spoken to photographers about, is teaching, is you've, take, you've taken that experience and another path that you've now gone down because you're now, uh, what are you at the AIGI rally? Uh, AIGI rally, I'm, I'm currently the president. Yeah, so you're the president and you're now yes. teaching, you're now doing public speaking. So was that something you kind of found yourself you fell into or was that something that you always felt you wanted to move into? Because oh, I no. came it so late. I mean, I did my first Photoshop well when I was 50 and, and, and that was my first ever public speaking appearance. So when you came to see me, that was my third. <laughs> and it wasn't something i ever planned to do but right. through the path i've taken over the last eight and only and we're only talking about the last eight years is i now found myself stood on stage teaching something that i love but it wasn't something i ever right. planned to do i was kind of no. 
you can do this. Yep. 100% the same. You Again, I think it's probably one of the varied reasons we get along so well. I think we have very similar divergent and convergent paths. We had no idea, right? Um, for up, up until I was... Um, you know, in my late 30s to early 40s, I, I really, you know, I was in a, a, a failing, you know, marriage. So relationship, I didn't like my job because I didn't wasn't happy in my marriage, which means I wasn't happy yeah. in my life. This is not the marriage I'm in now, by the way. No, I'm no. very happy with this marriage. <laughs> I love you, honey, in case you're listening. I met uh, your wife. She's lovely. Yes, exactly. she looks She looks great in a fancy dress dog costume as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, she as <laughs> was it a monkey? Yeah, she, that was a monkey, a monkey wasn't it? A monkey yeah. costume, banana costume, and light up dress was her greatest out there. Yeah, so that tells you everything you need to know about my lovely. Um, but no, I would have never in a million years of expected to be a speaker or an educator. Um, I kept to myself, I didn't get involved in community for many years. And, you know, after the, my eventual divorce and sort of, ch- you know, sort of change of heart of like, I need to do something different with my life, not different as in career, but just, you know, the my my views, right, yeah. and how I would approach things. Um, and the, so that's kind of started in uh, my divorce was 2012. And I said, OK, I'm a good designer, but I don't like it. Like, and I don't know why this is a stupid thing not to like. I make pictures like at its mm. core. Right. Yeah. OK. Strategy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We make pictures. Right. We make pictures. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I looked around and I would see all these people who were just like, you know, I breathe design typography is my life. And I'm like, wow, why? You know, I didn't get it. And I would start looking and I and they were part of communities. Right. They were part of the community and their own communities. And I wasn't. And uh, I, so I was looking around and I was like, okay, uh, at the time I had a, a, a massive fear of flying. I hadn't gotten on a plane wow. in 20 years. So I said, well, I, well, let me check out design conferences, but only ones I can drive to, right? <laughs> so I typed into Google in November, 2012. Yeah. Design conference, uh, creative design conference, Southeast United States. Cause I figured that was drivable, right? Uh, within the first few hits was a conference in April 2013 called Creative South. And I was like, oh, Columbus, Georgia. I Google mapped it. It's like six and a half hour drive. I was like, done, doable. I was like, let me see what the lineup is. The lineup was uh, Mama Sauce. Yeah. Uh, James White from Signal Noise. Uh, the Hood Sisters. Uh, Raji King. Matt Helm from then Treehouse and Google. Yeah. Uh, Mackie Saturday. Wow. Uh, oh, and Aaron Draplin. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, holy. And the ticket was $75, right? It's not $75 now, <laughs> but it's also a much bigger conference. But then, right, this this conference was, you know, much smaller and all that. And I was like, this is amazing. Bought a ticket right away. Yeah. I was like, I did, I did it. I bought a ticket. Like, wow, I'm going to do this thing. And I would tweet out that I'm going. I was like, check this out, guys. This is a it's stupid amount of amazing designers for, like, no money, right? And uh, the organizer of the conference, someone who I didn't know, his name was Mike Jones, had this weird handle called Bucket, right? Yeah. On his Instagram and stuff was like, hey, I really appreciate you tweeting about my conference and I'm looking forward to meeting you. Make sure you come find me when you get here. Okay, great. You know, blah, whatever. Right. You know. And uh, so come next April, I I did. I myself and a friend uh, drove to our first Creative South, our first design conference each. Yeah. Um, and just was like, wow, there was 200 people 
That's that was max. That was yeah. capacity, right? Now we have more than two hundred people go into the men's room at any given time at Creative <laughs> South, um, and it just it blew my mind. I, I wasn't definitely as social as I am now, right? Because I was new, right? So you're, you you get the yeah. nerves and the imposter syndrome, but. It, all these designers, you know, Draplin and Mackie, like these, the, what I, pedestals, right? I put them on pedestals. Nobody wanted to be on one. No. They just, right? Aaron Draplin, he was, you know, he was, you know, he's still hitting big, but this was right at the cusp of when he just was exploding. Yeah. He was just the guy. He was just a guy. And yeah. he talked to me for 20 minutes and, and, you know, meeting people at bars, Clark Orr, I met him at a bar and he was like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? It's just these guys. And I was like, God, I, you treat me like I'm one of you. And yeah. Without them saying it, it was because you are, you're here. I said it was and, like a level playing field. Yeah. And it just blew. First conference where. Yeah. There were, there were, there was no big name. Yeah. Even with big names, there's no big names. Yeah. Right. And, and that's something that we've prided ourselves on since too. Um, but the funny thing was, and you had mentioned um, uh, t- tying this back in, you know, that Von Glitchka had done my original logo. So this was done when I was still in my previous marriage, low self-confidence, low everything, but I still was trying hard, right? So I was like, I'm going to hire someone to do my brand. So I think I picked a pretty damn good guy to hire to do you my did brand. Right? He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay, right? <laughs> he I knows think, his you know, way around Illustrator. <laughs> he's done a few things. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pleasure working with him. He was fantastic, and I've since you know become friends with him too. And he did my logo, and it was fantastic. Um, and one thing I did, I never shied away with saying that he did it. I never, yeah. even though it was my logo, I was still very open about that. I would never want to take, you know, that's a no-no. Yeah. I'd rather um, someone did mine than me. Yeah, I, I hate designing for myself. It's hard. Now it I love it, but then it was hard. But when I was at Creative South, I had been using that logo now for about two years, so 2011 to 2013. And someone grabbed uh, the card from me and said, oh, this is cool. Did you make this? It's the first time that somebody actually physically said, did you make this? Usually yeah. I just offered it up. And for some reason, by the end of that weekend, with some of the confidence I had boosted and just being in that thing, I was very honest and said no. But I was like, I should never say that to someone. I'm a designer mm. and I do branding and I need to have that confidence in myself. So I went home immediately uh and it was nothing you know von did i scrapped it i was like i need to do this if i'm gonna say i'm gonna do this and re-enter this field with vigor i need to do it yeah this was april uh, in august i was going to my next conference i was all in now i was like i'm gonna go to weapons of mass creation in cleveland oh, right i want to do that one. Oh, so fun um i was like boom i'm gonna have a new logo by then hand out new cards new materials right so i had a great goal and so I whipped together my logo, which isn't the one I'm using now, but it was very similar. You know, 100% me. I did it. I'm so proud of it. Um, it's made some evolutions, as it should. And I launched it there. Um, but the funny thing is, and this ties into the, the speaking question and the teaching question, is I showed up to uh, Weapons. About a month before, I had heard that Mike Jones was also going to be at Weapons. Um, going yeah and i was like oh cool my and i just twitter like we didn't know like we knew each other but we were not friends at this point you know what we call friends we were acquaintances yes yeah and uh and he said dude give me a quick call when you when you get up here and we'll hang i was like awesome now i'm not going to be alone right because i was going 100 percent alone that was huge for me i was going to walk into a city i'd never been to into a conference i'd never been to and so i check into my room and i call mike and i hear him and I'm not saying I hear him on the phone. I hear him in the next damn room. And I'm like, where are you? He's just like, I checked into my hotel. And I knock on the wall. 
I said, can you hear that? I said, yeah. I said, dude, you're in the next damn room. We were sharing. We were in room right across wow. from each other. And so we just ended up hanging out that whole weekend, like the whole weekend, just chained at the hip. And the first night we came back from the opening of the conference and we walked back. It was like two o'clock in the morning walking through downtown Cleveland. Do not yeah. recommend. Don't <laughs> recommend walking through any city at two o'clock in the morning. No. You see the best and worst of it for sure. And we just shared stories and I shared my whole journey and what Creative South did for me. I was very honest with him. Like, it, I was like, I need you to know that I'm here because of this and I'm going through life changes because of your conference. And yeah. I'm very honest about that and I want to thank you. And he goes, my gosh, that's a great story. And he shared his story of divorce and redemption and family. And he said, have you ever spoken about this at a conference or anything? I was like, and I laughed. I was like, no. It's like, nobody knows who the hell I am, right? It's like, who's going to pay to see me? And he goes, Creative South 2015, you're on stage, you're speaking. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, it's my conference. It's pretty easy to book you. And I was like, he goes, I'd put you on next year, but I always have one slot that I do for a completely unknown. Yeah. And he goes, and I already have next year's booked. So 2015, yeah. you're that person. I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He goes, you got two years to come up with the story, you know, to get the story down. And I was like, oh my God, like that, there it was. And so I went all in and I went to the 2014 conference and I showed up as a screen printer this time with my own wares and a booth and I sponsored it. I wrote Mike a check and had my logo on the banner and yeah. I, play, I played music on it. I was part of the entertainment. I was in a band there and I just went like all in on the community aspect, yeah. right? And the last minute I got roped into doing Ink Wars and so I illustrated in front all this stuff that would have made me crap my pants two years before, which I still kind of did. I was like doing it. I became part of the community. And now the next year, you know, that year, 2014, when I saw Clark Orr, he was like, dude, what the, you know, he's like, where did you, what happened? Like, keep doing what you're doing. Like, this is like, he saw like people, like my, my idols were like looking at me as this, this thing. And, and so then I parlayed it into speaking at Creative South and I just very much like that medium post, I condensed my entire life into that talk and everything everything bad you know screwing over clients yeah everything everything i just dumped it you know my daughter raising my special needs daughter and what that is and just i went over by 30 minutes like everything it just um but i was 100 percent real and honest and when i walked out i got a standing ovation walking out yeah i was blown away because again, I, this community I had started to give back to that gave to me. And so they were seeing me as like somebody they wanted to see, which blew my mind. Yeah. And I was like, that. well, you're good. I'm glad you're clapping now. Cause by the end of this shit, you're probably going to want me off the stick. <laughs> yeah, I'd never spoken before. Right. Hey, this, this could have been the bomb of epic bombs. But when I left, um, you know, and again, I say this without bragging, I was the only standing ovation in 2015. And I, I couldn't walk five feet without people like relating and talking to me. And and it made me realize we're kind of messed up as creatives a little bit. We, yeah. we're, we, we're, we're emotional and we are our hearts on our sleeves and we take things to heart that maybe we shouldn't. And we're, we are our own breed. And sharing that helped other people. And it helped me to get it off my chest and feel like I could grow past that person. And I wanted to keep doing that. And so that's what got me into speaking more and teaching. And I've done probably 50 speaking engagements since then. I know. I was looking at your rap sheet on your website and it was just, I mean, you've probably condensed it as well, but I was looking through seeing the events you've done. And, and because I've kind of followed you and, and seen a bit of your background, I'm looking at it thinking, how has he like gone from there to there? And he's done all those speaking, 
you know, speaking gigs and it's something that evolves, you know, like you say, you do your first one, you're nervous as hell, you oh. go out. And, and that was the thing, um, you know, I said to Mike and I had the same thing. I, I was going, I'd been at Astute Graphics. I knew some of the names. I knew Mike. I knew we'd had an association with Mike. Um, but being a father with four kids and, you know, you can't just keep bombing around the country, especially for us, we have to keep coming over to you for all the decent conferences. Right. And and yeah, you're out out of country. So that, that cost is that much more. Exactly. So any event, even if, you know, it's $387 for Creative South, it's still another $1,500 on top as well as the hotel. Um, But fortunately I spoke to, I spoke to Nick and said, you know, I, I'd really like to go and see what this event's about because the community that I've got to know through various podcasts, like Master of One, Adventures in Design, um, uh, Scotty Russell as well. Yes, Perspective Collective. Yeah, yep. and, and and he's just had a little baby as well. So shout yes. out from Congratulations, tonight. Scotty. Yeah. Scotty and Emily and baby Scotty. <laughs> Scotty the third. Yes. <laughs> but um, so I said to Nick, you know, I'd, I'd like to go and check this out and see what this is about because I've got a feeling about this event that's different to everything anything i've been to so and i've only been to max i've been to photoshop world i've been to a couple of um uh, like adobe ones in london and i went out on my own and i had the same kind of thing i knew a couple of people would be there and my first morning i got there the the, the night before the day before yes i was in the hotel on my own and in the morning i went to the reception and just said where's a good place for breakfast and she said the um what's the the, the diner around the corner it's a lady's name Oh, uh, oh, um, not Rose, Minis. Yes. She oh, said, that place is amazing. Yeah, she said, go there for breakfast. So I looked on my map, I thought, that's a nice day, I'll go for a walk. And I walk up there and I sat down, table for one, and uh, looking at the menu, trying to think, I can't eat all that for breakfast, that's dinner. Welcome <laughs> and, to the United yeah. States of America. <laughs> <laughs> and on the table opposite, it was like I just walked in uh, to a, uh, like a festival and my, f- my favourite band were on the other table <laughs> and I sat there there's Mike Jones Damien Kidd who I, had, I hadn't met but we'd communicated and he's from the UK as well yep. uh, there's Peter uh, there was oh I can't remember the other guy's name it'll come to me soon and uh, and I'm sitting there thinking there's Mike Jones and they were all on their phones and I thought I'm, I'm gonna be you know I'm, I'm a Brit I'm not gonna get up and walk <laughs> over like an American would so I sat there and I thought I'm gonna tweet every single one of them what's the breakfast like in the hope because they are they're all sat there with their phones in their faces and i'm thinking one of them's gonna see it and go what and look around nothing so i'm sat there thinking what are they looking at if they're not looking at their, their tweets and they're all checking their phones so oh carol eat me breakfast eventually they got up and just as they got to walk out damien looked over and i just went all right mate and he stopped and he went dave and then mike turned around and mike goes dave he got up and he gives me the biggest hug and he's like, man, yep. it's so good to meet you. And straight away, he's just like, he, he, you know, he brings you into that. And I had, I mean, the t-shirt, the viewers can't see it, but I'm wearing my come as friends. Yes. Family t-shirt. I, I wear my creative South t-shirts all the time. I hug for the podcast. So um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do a brag moment. I invented the phrase, come as friends, leave as family. Did you? Um, it's that, great. Was the t- that was, that was the title of my blog post for 2014 as my creative South recap was creative South 2014, come as friends, leave as family. And it's, it's perfect. The yeah. best, and I hope Scott Kelby's not listening, but it is hands down a life changing event for me, but given, well, you know what, if Scott Kelby is listening, it's just a different conference because yeah. 
and we'll talk about Photoshop World in a bit. That was also life changing in in its way, right? So yeah. it's okay, yeah. But but it's still because, like you say, it wasn't. Um, there were no apart from the precom, which I did the Master of One podcast one, so I wanted to learn a few things. Um, there were no classes. And that's what, you know, you go in the hall and everyone that got up on stage, the Hood Sisters, Dustin, yourself and Bella, which we will talk about, um, they were all just like talking about their business, what they do, how they've evolved. And that theatre was full every time. Everyone got a good, you know, standing ovation or, you know, applause. Yep. It was well received. And you just, you'd be like buzzing. It was like a drug. You were like having energy. It was like drinking energy drinks all day. You're walking around. There's something going on. There's a group doing. I ended up going having dinner with people I'd never met before. Yes. And, and that's the magic too, right? Not the talks. Honestly, we love our, our talent, but it's those it's those dinners, those breakfasts, those lunch, yeah. those snacks, the two o'clock in the lobby. That's the magic. Yeah. And I got home and Nick went, how was it? I was like, where do I start me? <laughs> we have to be there next year. Oh yeah, this, no, we're we're, this, we're getting you guys there. Yeah. yeah, this is our event. This is our community. This is it. Doesn't have to be corporate. This is this is like the 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 soul of the community. This is where the people who yes. talk about who love what they do, and it's not just they love what they do; they love who they do it with. And, yes, and that's what I think was really good that the, the friendship with you kept started from that. And in fact, well, well. Without blowing too much smoke up Mike's ass, <laughs> he, he puts on a great con- he puts on a great conference. And anyone who's a designer, save up and plan to go to a Creative South because I cannot yes. recommend it, it. It will change your life in one yes. way or another, whether it's friendship or learning or, or or something. It will change your life. Yes. Now I sat and watched you and Bella, and originally yes. when I saw you posting, you were going to do this talk, and you were doing it with your daughter Bella. I didn't really know a great deal about. Bella's background I, I knew mm-hmm. her situation mm-hmm. and and yep. obviously I knew you and, uh, and there was a connection with Street Graphics so I thought I have to watch this one because being a father of two daughters as well and I've sat at the front and I won't lie I, you I like tears rolling down my cheeks <laughs> three times at least because we had, it, we had we had people taking bets on when the crying would start yeah. based off my last talk which was also <laughs> emotional the 2015 one <laughs> We had so many people going. All right, let's start. Let's start a leaderboard on when the crying's going to start. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was a sad story. What What got yeah, me yeah. was the love of a father dedicating mm-hmm. his life to his daughter, and and the balls that his daughter had to not let it. You know, she starts off with like, uh, "Who's got a disabled joke?" And, yeah. and Patrick or or Andrew shouts one out, and uh, and she and, and there she is on stage for her first ever speaking gig, talking about her decisions in life the support of a, a father and you know i'm sitting there kind of of course someone peeling onions <laughs> and, right totally yeah and it was it was so good to just to hear that story and with my background at kelby one i'm sat there uh, and i you know i said to you i wanted to get up on stage and, and th- say to her there and then i'm so glad i've met you because this is a pay it forward time this is this is where i can give something that I've been so lucky to get over the last eight years. And I came straight over to your booth in the hall, like was still be your wife and said, like, I'm waiting for them, I'm waiting to come back. And I and I knew I could help Bella. I knew something I had could help Bella. And I was so pleased that she was receptive to it and so were you. And ultimately the and what we're yes. talking about is Photoshop World, which is run by Kelby One. And and they do a lot of photography training. And I mean tell the listeners what 
what Bella wanted to do and why she's doing it. Yeah, so, you know, the the impetus behind the talk was, uh, you know, Bella somewhat recently um, discovered photography, you know, in the last few years. Just something, like, clicked with her, and she just loved it through from learning Photoshop and photo editing and compositing. Um, she learned, she actually wanted to start taking her own photos to, to do her work with and just, like, fell into it. And uh, to not brag too much, because, you know, we are dads and we have to yeah. do that. Like, she, she was just very naturally good at that yeah she's got an eye for it definitely she does i mean of course you know as she being young and we all do plenty of room to learn and stuff but she definitely has a leg up um that's a good wheelchair joke um (laughs) but she definitely has a leg up um even if i have to lift it for her um (laughs) she would laugh at that one i promise yeah um but she you know she has a leg up on um on people because she just naturally has that that eye for light and and all that in there. Yeah. Um. So I I kind of felt like okay, and she actually came up with the thought of like you know what would it you know it would be cool to just have a talk about like hey, you know we had already made a decision to not send her to college, uh, based off several factors, uh, just the the cost of it. Um, not not the cost of it is in she's not worth any investment. Yeah, but the yeah, cost I mean, of it compared to the creative industry and what she could make coming out of it and the amount of debt she would have. Right. Exactly. That's that, yeah. That's that's worldwide right now, but it's really bad in our country, like horribly bad. Um. So with with that, she said, well, you know, I think it'd be interesting to like just be, talk to people about like you know disability and creativity and this path of you know college and education and all that. And I said, all right, well, run it by Mike. And he thought it was a brilliant idea. And um, and she asked, you know, if I would do it with her as sort of a safety net. Yeah. You know, and I was like, absolutely. I was like, I'd be happy to do it with you. Um, you know, it'll be it was you know going to be like a 75 percent her, 25 percent me. I was there as her as her trampoline, you know, kind of like if she fell, she'd bounce. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, she wrote. A majority of the contents. Um, I helped with some of the pacing. You know, again, by that point, I had had my good 50, 60 speaking engagements. So I've got some experience in it now. So I was able to help help with pacing and curation and, and jokes. I was like, if we can make them laugh, I was like, it puts them at ease, but it'll put you at ease because you get feedback, right? Yep. If somebody laughs at you, you feel good, right? You know, um, so we just kind of went through all that and just really centered on her perspective as a photographer in a wheelchair, right? And as a woman, right? Unfortunately, we still have to talk about that disparity in our industry, know, but so she's got all that going on. And uh, you saw it. She just killed it. She did. Like, I was there and I didn't have to be. I could have walked off stage. She had Nothing the confidence. I said, yeah. yeah, she had the confidence of a, of a woman 10 years older than her that's been in the business for 10 she years. She just blew me away. And we had, you know, we had everything set up. We had our notes on the monitors in front of us and we had signals. I told her, I was like, you might start talking too fast. That's very natural. If you do, I'm going to walk behind you and just brush your shoulder with my hand. Right. So anytime you saw me do that on stage, that was me telling her to slow down. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and it all, what did it look like? It looked like a dad giving his daughter yeah. a little bit of love, which it was that, but it was reassuring her like you're doing great. Slow down a little bit so people can understand you. Um, you know, she only, you know, had to concentrate on learning her parts. You know, I made sure I learned her parts and my parts. Cause if she forgot something, I said, look, if you forget, just give me a quick glance. I'll start talking what you were going to say. 
as soon as I say the second word, you're going to remember. And you just cut me off and go. So we, like, we had just had all that stuff. So she would feel so confident. And none of that ever had, like, she just blew right through it and did so amazing. Yeah. And and that's what that was what got to me that I've said to so many people now is the whole thing with school and education is yeah education's important and it's a world that we're both in now is we you know we're Absolutely. standing up in front of people you're looking around there's you know a sixty year old man there's a sixteen year old girl and you're giving your experience out but Absolutely. to be in that position where she's like do you know what I don't I don't what I want to do, I don't need to go to university for. I don't need that debt. It's not going to give me a head start. I'm going to learn a bunch of stuff that's going to put me, you know, in a six-figure debt. And as a photographer, you're not going to make that money back quick, as any photographer knows. Unless you're Annie Leibovitz, nope. you're yeah. not going to make that money back. So f- for the boldness of you as a father and her as a, a child to, to be mature enough to go, Dad, I want to do this where you support me. That's why I wanted to be able to help and in any way I could, because it gives her that gives her a focus, excuse the pun, um, but it gives her the, the focus to go, OK, well, now I've got no excuse. I've got yes, I've got a platform. I've got assistance. So, you know, I've got books and I've got an industry in the same as it, our industry in design is there are places to learn and there are some damn good people who help you huh. and because she's already got that challenge of um I mean, she in her presentation for everyone who's listening is she spoke about the crotch photographer because she oh, said yeah. her, her eyeline is everybody's crotch and she had this photograph that just kept zooming in. But there's all <laughs> these things you don't actually, you don't think about when somebody has got, um, I don't want to use disability because it's, it's the wrong, like you said in the video, the only thing she can't do is walk, but she right. can do a million other things. Yeah, she's differently abled, not disabled. Exactly. And and being a photographer, she, as she said, she's got a different aspect on it. She she come, looks at it with different eyes, um, mm-hmm. and she certainly, you know, she's certainly got an eye for it. And it's so cool now that as a young person, she's got this wealth of knowledge to help her grow. Oh. And it's not just photography; it's she'll learn from you, business. You know, being a photographer, we, we interviewed a girl called Hannah Cousins last night from the UK, and she's uh, I won't say her age, but she's she's been in the industry for about she started when she was 19 she mm-hmm. she won businesswoman of the year in her local area at the age of 19 she went <laughs> into photography and she said the most important thing she learned about photography was business yeah she said because without a business if you're not making money you haven't got a business nope she said all you got is a business card with your name and amen. the word photography after it yeah amen <laughs> that's so, re- ding 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 <laughs> make money set your business up make money then you can build a brand and then you're making a living but you can't just day one go i'm a photographer i'm a designer if if there is no business you you can say that's your speciality but as you've you know you've got all this knowledge you can hand down to her she's got a great teacher she's got a great dad and a great teacher well and 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 a great community and again thank you know thanks to you and 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 then Scott you know uh for for offering her and myself you know to be guests at Photoshop World and uh and then you know Scott to open it up even more and say oh don't worry about your room yeah don't worry about like i i this is all taken care of you know and having just come off creative south and even where i'm in a business and as you know raising you know parents like we would have got her there and we yeah. would have paid for everything regardless. Like that yeah. would have happened anyway for her as an opportunity. But for 
that to have been taken care of allowed us more me because she's not paying for it. She still was young, right? It would not be <laughs> to to be able to be there for her and even more present because I didn't have to worry. Yeah, you know. And then and then I, to go back to our community, uh, Mike Jones uh, paid for our travel. Oh wow! He called me up and said, "Dude, I have thousands of mileage points for Creative South." He goes, "When do you need to go?" And I told him some information, and he sent me two plane tickets. Oh, bonus. right. So. Between you, you know, we had free tickets to Photoshop World. And Scott says, oh, well, here's your room for the entire time and, you know, everything you want to do. And, oh, here's a year at my, you know, of the highest level of my yeah. educational website, you know, for free for both of you. That didn't even, like, to me, too. And I'm like, oh. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you both got it. That's cool. Yeah, they sent one to me, too. So I'm, I've am i been on there, like, poking around going, all right, I'm in. Um, you know, so, like, to me, that is and this is not to to denigrate college education university i think people should go they need to go they need to follow their path everything but there's no doubt that 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 experience from photoshop world now and the and the year she's going to put in with the kelby one site and then continue to photoshop world next year because we're going to be there again for sure um that's going to be worth two years of what we would have paid for college. I know it. I'm Absolutely. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. That's one of the things we learned uh, from Aaron Blaze when you go back to the being a kid and Disney animator. Oh, I love and, Aaron. and Aaron was saying that he obviously, he went to Ringling, um, which is the breeding ground for Disney and Pixar and DreamWorks. Now, oh, yeah. Is um, that he said that when he sees the cost of education now in that industry, and he's saying, like, these kids are coming out massively in debt. It's That's why he's created his Creature Art Teacher. He says, I, I want to be able to at least create a platform where these kids yes. who can't afford to go to school can still learn the thing they love because it'd be a shame to lose somebody who would be mm-hmm. naturally good at something and not be able to afford to do it. He says, I'm not competing with Ringling. I'm not knocking them. I'm not, not trying yep. to denigrate anything they do. I just want to give people an alternative and that's why, you know, with events, with the community, with the online training, with everything that we've got now, I think you'd be hard pressed to fail if you had an ability that could be nurtured. Absolutely. And all you need really is is just a little bit of the self-starterness yeah. to do those things. Obviously, with, with school, it tends to be paid for scheduled. So you kind of go even if you don't want to that day. With this, you do have the ability to be like, I'm going to watch Netflix. So you do have to have that that self um, drive, you know, to be able to do that. Um, but the opportunities are massive. Yeah. I can't wait to see what she does. I, I think it, she's got such a, a huge amount of enthusiasm as well. Is that that's she what... Got, she got such a huge boost from Photoshop World. Like she was just in the environment, right? She was one of many. Um, but even like, you know, she did the photo shootout with Scott, you know, where hundred people get in a room and they go out and they shoot their photographs and Scott looks at them and he critiques them right there in front of everybody. And he doesn't know who shot them. And he, you know, yeah. he, he's not, you know, he's Scott's a great critiquer, right? Period. So, you know, he could have very easily pulled it up and said, Oh, you need to fix this, 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 that would have been fine. She needed to, he pulled hers up and he was like, Oh, okay. Wow. So this usually doesn't work in photography, but whoever shot this really made it work. And, you know, and then, and then finally he was like, whose is this? And Bella was there and he was like, well, great job. This is fantastic. Yeah. 
Like that's, it would have been fine either way, but for her to have been in the environment as a guest, knowing that you know, she'd be a guest and have done something and then gotten immediately great feedback from someone who is such an influence in all of our industries. Yeah. That, that was huge for her to get to be able to do that and and get that feedback yeah and she just had the biggest smile on her face all week every time i I saw her it was it was so cool and we're we're, i'm gonna get her on because i know we were gonna do this um straight after photoshop world but i actually i wanted to interview you and then i want to get bella at about six months down the line yes and then have you both have you both on and and talk about the progress of of just just the training path and because there are a lot of kids who expect everything to happen for them and want everything now and don't want to put in the work that that's the reason why they they don't get anywhere with it you know it it falls away so we'll do that I could talk to you for another hour I I know we've already been doing an hour and a half it's like I'm still good too but I don't know if listeners want a three-hour epic on me (laughs) I don't care I'll make them listen I'll just market the crap out of it but um, just say it's a 35 minute thing and they'll be like, wow, this is feels really long. Yeah. There's actually a, I shouldn't say this. Someone told me about a podcast app where you can download the podcast, but you it's a bit like YouTube. You can play them at um, 1.25 speed. Yeah. Yes. But it also takes out all the gaps. So if there's silence, it won't play it. And at the end of it, it says like over the past month, we've saved you eight hours listening time. Yeah. I think that's overcast. I use that. That's one. You it. Can set that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so if you want to listen to this on Overcast, get it down to an hour, by all means do it. But Lenny, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've been really looking forward to this one. Um, uh, me thank too. you it's for your friendship. See, it's great to see you too. Yeah, and, and the time that you've you know, you know afforded me at Creative South. And I'm so looking forward to getting back next year. I, I, you know, I shouldn't wish the time away, but I, it's certainly in my calendar now to, to definitely be there. By hook or by crook, I am going to be at Creative South. It's, it's just uh, whatever happens. Absolutely, we've uh, we've we've got we've got you and Astu earmarked on some things. We'll be we'll be discussing hopefully some more uh, formal and official things. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, soon but, as well. I I can't thank you enough for uh, again, like you said, your friendship, but the opportunities even more so for that you've offered. You know, for my daughter uh, to to grow. Um, you know, she's going to be a great steward of those yeah. opportunities. She's excited to just get more involved with the. Uh, um, with the community yeah. and, 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 and expand past ways that I think that she just doesn't even imagine yet. Yeah. And even at my age, I've had that journey the last eight years. I mean, from the relationship with Kelby and, and other organizations that are the, the relationships I've with, I've been so lucky, you know, I've, yeah. I've been, I've been able to go to events like, you know, where people have paid for me or I've had things covered. I've had things given to me and all I want to do is just, pay it forward i know it's a cheap it's a corny thing but you should because nothing feels better than being able to help someone if someone's helped you absolutely and and if that's a piece of parting advice is get out there and go and enjoy the community whatever trade you're in whether it's photography design just don't be afraid to ask don't be afraid to look for advice don't be so you know isolated that you'll fail and have no one to help you because there's a lot of people who have been through it and can give you great advice and yeah just thank you for your time Lenny I really appreciate I know it's the afternoon for you and you probably got some more work to do and it's evening here so um we'll catch up again soon we'll speak to Bella we will will. uh, and just thank you for being a guest on he shoots he draws absolutely I appreciate you you having me and and just 
being able to talk to you. And I'm hoping this is in no way even close to a promise, but I might be getting to Max this year. It might be my first one. I might need to find, you know, some some, some creative ways to get there. But I've yeah. got a couple friends who are going to be there and out there, so I might have some places to crash. So I'm hoping to get out there, which would be fantastic, because then we could hang out. Oh, cool. Well, I'm I'm in Portland the week before. Um, Nick's Nick's in San Francisco. Then we're both in Portland. And then we're both at Max, so we've got a little bit of a, a nice little USA trip to go in there. Nice. And push the astute brand out. <laughs> well, hopefully I get to see you again, and hopefully I'll get to, to meet Nick. But if not, we know that'll happen regardless. Yeah, it will do, definitely. All right, Lenny, thank you very much. And uh, right, I'll Dave. be putting all the links for Lenny where we can find him, his website, social media. And I'll put a link to the Medium blog post that we spoke about earlier. Fantastic. Cool. Thanks a lot, mate. Dave, thanks so much, buddy. Take care. Cheers, bye. Bye-bye.